This is Exploring the Seasons of Life podcast, episode 47. I'm Cindy McMillan, and today's guest is Heather Kraft. Exploring the Seasons of Life, a podcast for women with a big heart on a spiritual journey. Each week, join Cindy McMillan as she interviews coaches, spiritual explorers, and celebrants from all walks of life about beginnings, endings, and the messy bits in between. Self-love, well-being, and mindset are at the heart of our conversations because once you change the inside, the outside will begin to change as well. So welcome back to another episode of Exploring the Seasons of Life. I have a great guest for you today. Her name is Heather Craft. Heather Craft is a glass artist turned fine china jewelry designer. In 2009, she started Material and Movement, a practice that takes fine china and repurposes it into jewelry for the conscious world. She hopes she can give relevant purpose to otherwise forgotten, outdated objects. She lives and works in Portland, Oregon. Welcome to the podcast, Heather. I am so happy you said yes to being on. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, and and I do love to start the podcast with my favorite question, and that is, what does exploring the seasons of life mean to you personally or in your business? Yeah, it's a really interesting question. I took some time to think about what that means, and I think for me, the way I think about seasons is in terms of our energy and the way we spend our days. So for me, spring kind of means awakening or change. The energy is building. Summer is high energy, movement, full of life. Fall uh, would be reflection and slowing down. And winter would be rest. And so when I think about my business, it does fluctuate between these seasons (laughs) quite a bit. And so spring would be, I feel, the initial inspiration that I found for my business this idea of taking fine china and transforming it into something else. And then summer is when I'm really creating, I'm getting ready for a show or an event, or when I'm working with somebody to create custom jewelry from their family china. It's very inspiring. I'm working a lot. The reflection period fall um, happens a few times a year for me, where I'm kind of wanting to see how things are going, uh, look ahead to what I can change or do. And then winter, the rest period, I was actually in this period for a long time in my business throughout for a few years when I had other jobs that I was focusing on. And I was just kind of treating this business as more of a hobby or a project. And now I just try and and do a winter season mindfully. (laughs) So, you know, January is fairly slow for product-based businesses. And so I try to really slow down and and um, take a rest period annually. Heather, I really appreciate you going through those seasons in your business because those make absolute sense because I think all all businesses do go through those seasons like that. Yeah. So I yeah, appreciate that. Of course. I found you on a group that we're in in Facebook and I went out and I looked at your website and I absolutely loved it. I loved what you were doing. <laughs> so you. can you tell can you tell us what is the story behind material and movement? Yeah, it's quite unique idea, I think. <laughs> I so I grew up always making art, building things. I'm 
more of a sculptor and a 3D person rather than a drawer or a painter. I found glass blowing when I was a teenager and I just fell in love with it. So many people are drawn to it because it's very exotic. The material is hot and bright and uh, it's a very unique process, art process. And so I started taking some classes and um, that's what I wanted to do with my life. I had decided and I went to art school for that. And after art school, I moved to Seattle and worked in the glass industry there. And I had div- I had gotten into cold working, which is a less sexy side of the glass arts world. It is where you are grinding and cutting and polishing cold glass. So it's no it's when it's no longer hot and you're treating the surfaces or changing the shape via um, grinding and cutting it. So if you've ever seen like cut crystal, the cut part of the crystal is has been cold worked or ground with different uh, wheels with the diamond coatings on them. That would be an example of cold working. And I was in my apartment um, and I broke my favorite plate one day in the kitchen. And I just stared at it. And I was like, I I cannot throw this away. You know, it wasn't a family heirloom or anything like that. But I just loved it so much. And it sat on my kitchen counter for probably a few weeks. And then one one morning, I was in there and I was staring at it again. And I was like, Oh, that one shard might make a really pretty brooch. And if I could just soften the edges and clean it up a little bit, it might look really pretty. So I brought it in to work with me that day and ground down the edges in the glass shop where I worked. And it just sparked this idea of transforming this like otherwise beautiful object that had been broken into something new that I could enjoy again. Yeah, I just love that story because, I mean, how many times throughout our lives does something like that happen that just sparks that creativity and a new idea is born, you know, and like your business in doing this. It's wonderful. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it really grew from something I could do after work. At the time, I didn't have a lot of other things going on in my life. And I started scouring Goodwills for plates and was just hammering away in my apartment. And then I, you know, started refining the shapes more and just just growing this this new idea. So what does creativity mean to you? Creativity to me is always asking the question, what if? And I think it's it's more it's very exploratory. And I also think it's innovation, whether that's big or small. I really believe the arts and creativity is solving a problem a lot of times. So that that can become a very artistic practice with we're taking materials or techniques that we know and we're saying, well, what if, what if I, you know, take this china to these glass machines rather than glass? What if I grouped these pieces that I was cutting out of china into nonlinear compositions? What if I focus, and now now I, I would say my creativity is turning onto more of how I can run my business. What if I focus on the custom service part of my business rather than just making jewelry out of China that I'm finding myself? So I feel like it's always asking the question, always asking questions and always kind of pushing yourself, well, 
I love doing this, but what if? And continuation. Heather, I've never heard it explained like that. Yeah. That I mean, that is really beautiful asking that question about what if. You know, I think of creativity. I well, I actually didn't even think of starting a podcast as being crea- creative in the beginning. Because I thought of creativity in the past of be, as being an author or a painter. And mm-hmm. now my idea of creativity has changed so much. And I just love that question, what if? Yeah, it might be my uh, formal arts training, but we were always kind of pushed to, we were always kind of pushed to bring our work deeper or to expand it. And I think that's just always stuck with me. And I really think it's how we come up with with things that are, you know, deeper in our hearts or our minds and bring them out into the world. When we're talking about creativity, what inspires you when you're making a new piece of jewelry? What sparks that creative flow, so to speak? Sure. Yeah, there's a few things. Um, so, of course, the patterns that I find in China when I'm, whether it's you know, when I'm coming across new pieces of, of China at the thrift store or an estate sale or, you know, anywhere I find broken China or just discarded China, I'm definitely scrutinizing that pattern to see how I can parcel it out or transform it by dividing it up. That's always kind of like a puzzle to me. That's really intriguing. And I love to think about how someone would wear the final piece that I'm making and what they might think of it when they find it. And then the transformation itself still really inspires me. Taking this old thing that's often dated, a lot of people might just pass it by or pay it no attention and giving it new life where someone would maybe notice it where they wouldn't have noticed the original material before. It always gets me going. It it brings up my energy. brings me into that summer season. (laughs) And um, I used to spend a lot of nights with stacks of plates on the couch and uh, draw. I I begin my process by drawing shapes out on the china with Sharpie to outline them, and then I can cut them out. And uh, I, I could spend a long time just drawing on china, trying to parcel out the pieces. Yeah. So what you're doing when you're doing that is is maybe just looking at the shapes that you're that you have in mind. Yeah, looking at shapes and where on the china I'm going to be cutting. So kind of outlining the the shapes. A little bit like what I do with a podcast is when I sit down to think about, you know, my my next subjects that I want to talk about and and how I want those to kind of flow and and be shaped. Yeah, absolutely. It's a creative process. <laughs> so see, I do I am creative. <laughs> you certainly are. <laughs> you know, we all we all are to some degree. I know a lot of people like to say that they're not they don't have the creative bug or they're not an artist, but I just I just smile at them because I really think everyone does have it somewhere inside of them. <laughs> yeah. So what has been the single most important decision you have made in your creative journey? Well, I can't think of a single point in time that was transformative for me. But when I was thinking about this question, I just was 
coming up with the idea that uh, keeping my, I've kept my creative practice a priority, no matter what my life looks like. And sometimes that means I'm not practicing creativity or, or having an art practice as often as I would like to have. And other times I'm doing it every day. But I think just keeping it a priority keeps your mind in that creative state of, state of mind. And, you know, there, like I said, my business was in a, a winter rest mode for quite a few years, but I was still coming into the studio. You know, sometimes it was once a month to, to make stuff and to build things. Keeping it a priority in my mind and always striving to come back to that practice just ensures that it will be in my life, you know, each year of my life. You know, one of the words that have come up in the podcast from um, different guests is the word intention. And that sounds like what you are doing with what you were doing with your art. You were making it a priority. It was an intention for you. Yes, even if it absolutely. was just once a month. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of times I felt guilty about not, you know, being there more often. Um, but yeah, having that intention of, well, this is still something that's important to me and something I, I need to do to express myself. I think keeping that in mind always is, has been really good for me. So do you have a favorite story about a piece of jewelry that you created? I, I do have one favorite. Um, all of the, I would say all of my favorites are custom pieces that I make for, for people and their families. So uh, people will come to me with China that they've inherited or have somehow ended up with. They're not super excited about using it at their dinner table or even displaying it, but it's that feeling of, well, this is, you know, been in my family or this is important to me. I just can't get rid of it. <laughs> and sometimes there's guilt com coming along with, with those feelings. And so I get to work with them and create jewelry so that they can wear their family china and also share it with other members of their family, even if they just have one dish. And those are always so meaningful to me because I feel like I'm helping people solve this problem of what do I do with all this china or, you know, how do I honor these, you know, pieces that I, I don't really want to use every day. There was one I uh, one necklace I made recently for a woman who lost her mother um, in 1991 and she had held onto this box of her china and it wasn't until the quarantine from COVID this last year that she felt that she could finally unbox that china and perhaps do something with it. So I felt really honored that she had thought of me and, and wanted to work with me to make something that she could actually wear to remember her mom by. And there's one more story that involves my own mother. She uh, dropped off a tureen, like a, an old china, almost like a gravy boat, uh, but it's more of a tureen and it has a lid on it. And it's an antique from the 20s. And she remembers being so little, like three or four, and breaking this tureen. And her mother was so mad at her because they didn't have a lot growing up. And so there, there's not a lot of, of important possessions in her family. 
And her mom carefully glued the pieces back together. And there's all these yellow cracks in the piece and all of that. But my mom always kept kept this tureen. And she dropped it off to me one day and was like, oh, maybe someday you can make something out of this, you know. So I, uh, it took me a while, but I created this necklace for her out of it. And then I wanted her to still have that object in her life. And so I did a lot of searching. I ended up finding a replacement on eBay of the same piece from the 20s. And um, so when I presented my mom with this necklace, I also was able to present her with a new a new vintage touring. <laughs> I love that story. I'm sure she cried. Didn't she cry? Oh, she did. She <laughs> did. Yes. And I was crying too a little bit just to see her so happy. <laughs> uh, I, I do. I love that story because my my mother has passed away. So, you know, and I don't really have anything from when she was alive. So something like that would have meant so much to me. Yeah. yeah. It's a really nice way to to honor your family. What are your top three priorities in 2021? Now that can be in your business or personally. Oh, that is a big question. I was just very business minded when I was thinking about this question. My, my goals this year, well, I guess for my business is really trying to expose my work and the service I offer to more people. I did start this business in 2009, but really it's it was a hobby for many years and so really taking this business more seriously and trying to grow it is a more recent venture for me you know trying to be more proactive this year in terms of a marketing strategy growing my email list and i'd really love to generate more ideas on how to be a resource for my followers it's like once again that creative mode of of trying to think about my audience and how I can uh, bring them more resources and education and interesting topics around vintage China or honoring family, what to do with stuff that you have to take from, from inheriting items that you don't necessarily want from your family, but really just exposing my, my service to more people so that they know it's an option for them. You know, Heather, you know, the first thing that popped in my mind when you said that mm-hmm. is what about a YouTube channel where you could talk about, you know, jewelry and jewelry making and what to do with those objects? That was the first thing that popped into mind or Facebook lives. That's a really great idea. I was I've just been thinking about, you know, writing kind of blog entries and, and emails, but, you know, a video would probably be a lot more engaging for people. Yeah, and then I mean you could hold hold up what your your art or your what you're going to make the plate that you're going to make the jewelry out of. I don't know. I just think that could be really cool. It's definitely something to explore. You're right. <laughs> and now we're talking about business and your top three priorities. What has been your biggest creative risk? Well, I think it's one that I haven't fully taken yet. <laughs> Um, but it's one I've been thinking about. I feel like there's two sides to my business. One is creating jewelry from China that I'm salvaging or finding. And the other is more of a service where I'm working with people and their family China and turning their China into something that they can keep 
and cherish. And for a really, really long time, I just focused on what I call the ready to wear pieces. So China that I'm finding that's interesting, making art or making jewelry out of it that, you know, is all uh, from my creativity and my production. Last summer, I kind of had this, I had an, I had an inspiration. Well, it's not an inspiration, but I had a light bulb moment where I was like, maybe I should kind of flip my focus and really just focus on being a service for, for others and creating China that's really meaningful to them in a deeper way. Um, I think it's really fun to see people realize what my work is made of and be interested in the pieces that I'm making. But it's even more meaningful to customize pieces for them that is from their own collection or their own China. And I really want to kind of shift my marketing and my messaging really like f- focusing on this custom side and the service side. And in my, in my mind, that really was a big flip of how I viewed what I was creating and what I was building in terms of a business. It feels really scary to me. And I, I'm not exactly sure why I think maybe because I'm so used to being a maker and producing, you know, things and objects and and building things that turning my mindset to more of a service-based business and offering is is a little bit nerve-wracking. But the result being that I get to work more with people and things that are meaningful to them is really exciting for me. That sounds really exciting, and I and I wish you a lot of luck on that. That sound that sounds great. Just being Thank able you. to take somebody's because what you're saying is like you would come. You and I would meet if I was a customer and I would have this where there was a plate or a a bowl, whatever, and kind of give you my ideas and Mm -hmm. then you would take it from there. Yeah. Yeah. The first thing I I ask people when they um, say they're interested in a custom piece is, well, I'd love to see your china. You know, I'd love to see your plate. Send me a photo. You know, there hasn't been a piece that I haven't been able to work with yet. I do focus on the plates and the saucers because the flat surface makes it a lot easier. But I have made earrings from a mug before um, and from a bowl. And so, yeah, I love to see what people are wanting to transform. And then it's just a matter of, well, what are you interested in? Are you interested in necklace and earrings, you know, combination or or something else? And I just really communicate with them each step of the way to make sure they're they're getting what they want out of it. And they're really excited to have something new at the end of the process. Oh, I bet they are. Good luck on that, that flip of your business. Yeah, thank you. What have you read or listened to recently that's inspired you? Something that's been inspiring for me uh, just this year hasn't necessarily been something I've read or heard, but it was an event that happened last month. My uncle passed away really suddenly and uh, it was a big surprise. He wasn't sick and he was happy and healthy. And then one night he was just gone. And this happened about a month ago. So it's been really hard because he was big support system for many people in my family. He was kind of the glue of the family. He was really important to me. 
And, and the reason it's, it, it's been a little bit inspiring as well as sad is that he uh, was one of my influencers in terms of making things. He's a big maker and a builder. Um, lots of uncles in my family are, as well as my dad. And, you know, when he passed away, there were <laughs> several half done projects in his shop. He was always making and building things. And, and also he was a teacher. So he really loved to teach young people how to build things. And I also like asked the question, what if, you know, that creativity question, people would have a problem or something would break and he'd be like, well, what if we tackle the issue this way? Or what if we fix it by using this material? The day of his uh, funeral, our, our family attended by Zoom because of COVID, but it just, um, this, this inspiration came up to just spend more time building and creating. And I actually pulled out a project later that day that's a side kind of creative project, has nothing to do with my business. Um, it's something I like to work on from time to time. And I just got that out and I was like, I could really, you know, spend more time working on this project that's just just for fun, purely creative and playful and fun. And so he's he's definitely inspired me um, in life and now in death to to, you know, keep keep making and building. Heather, thank you for sharing that story. And I am very sorry about the loss of your uncle. Thank you so much. If you could turn back time and talk to your 18-year-old self, what would you tell her about the season of life you're in right now? Mm. I would tell her to keep an open mind. <laughs> I, um, As creative a child as I was, I was also very determined to make things happen that I wanted to make happen. And I feel like that almost probably shut down some other opportunities I could have had in terms of, uh, again, asking that question, what if, um, because I was very focused and almost had tunnel vision about what I envisioned my future to be. And I'm sure if she saw me now, almost 18 years later, she would be very surprised at where I am in my life. <laughs> but I think I would tell her to, you know, go with go a little bit more with the flow and 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 keep a, a wider perspective on life. I think that would have probably created a little bit more adventure for her too. You know, sometimes and I'm just thinking about your you were saying you were tunnel vision. Sometimes when we do have a, you know, we open our mind to different things, things come to us in, in ways we never, ever expected. Absolutely. I was doing another podcast a few months ago and the host just asked me, what would you, what advice would you give your younger self? And I, I answered, um, say yes to every opportunity because you never know where it's going to lead you. And Actually, I, I try to keep that in mind <laughs> nowadays, too, and just say yes more because you just never know what will happen. That's right. That's perfect. Well, 
I have decided to add in like a rapid fire question at the end of the podcast. Mm -hmm. And so these are just um, questions that you can just have short little answers on and just a way to get to know you a little bit better. I'll do my best. Okay. What's the best thing that happened to you this month? Ooh, this month. The best thing that happened to me this month is I got a massage last week. And it was so great. Do you like hot stone massages or just regular massages? Do you have a favorite? I love the deep tissue massages. I like to get right in there. Uh, Yeah, me too. (laughs) (laughs) What's the best compliment you've ever received? The best compliment I've ever received? Well, one that I would that has been sticking out for me. I received a little bit recently, but um, it was a customer who received some earrings as a gift that I had made and she wanted to exchange them for a different pair that suit her better. So she picked out a pair and when she got home, she sent me an email and said that they were her dream earrings and it just melted my heart. (laughs) Oh, I love that. Yeah. And what's your favorite dessert? Oh my goodness. Uh, Two, cheesecake, just plain New York cheesecake, or ice cream. Can't get enough ice cream. Very good. Thank you for playing along with that, Heather. I appreciate it. Now, can you tell our listeners how to find you, your website? Yes, they can find me at materialandmovement.com. I am on Instagram and Facebook at materialandmovement. All right, Heather, I have loved having you on as a guest. I appreciate it so much. And thank you. Thank you so much. It's a great way to spend a Saturday morning. Absolutely. (laughs) Thanks for joining us this week on Exploring the Seasons of Life podcast. Make sure to visit our website, CynthiaMacMillan.com, where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Stitcher, or Spotify, so you'll never miss an episode. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you could simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out as well. Until next time, live inspired.